Thank you for having me, guys. Um, my name is Michelle, for those of you who don't know me. And um, has anyone here experienced God's sense of humor in life? Yes, we can probably all raise our hands. Um, about 15 years ago, I remember sitting on the swings um, near my husband's house. We were young teens or older teens, young adults. And, um, and he was just relentless. He would not leave me alone. We weren't dating at this time. And he was, we dated on and off. That's a long story. But... Um, <laughs> Yeah, my, my six-year-old son has it down to a T. He tells everybody. But um, I remember telling him, I was like, you have to stop. I am never, ever, ever going to marry you. <laughs> and 13 years of marriage later, here we are. Um, my husband, Eric, is an amazing man, and God really knew that I needed him. And um, he's a great father and a great provider, and he is a very big blessing in my life. And so I'm very glad that God taught me a little lesson there. Um, we have two crazy boys, Andrew and Dylan. Andrew is six and Dylan is nine. And we have a beautiful baby daughter who is in heaven. She was born, um, or she died in utero at 17 weeks. And um, God took her home early. And we got to hold her. And I got to see this beautiful, perfectly formed baby in my hands. She wasn't a clump of cells. She was a perfectly formed baby girl. She had hands, fingers, toes, skin. It was just amazing. And just at 17 weeks gestation, it was a pure miracle just to be able to hold her. And I know that one day I'll get to hold her again. And we named her Joy. And so she's also part of our family. I know I'll probably cry 10, 15 times throughout this. So I apologize. Um, this is also my first time standing in front of people. So bear with me here. Um, so until I get to meet my daughter in heaven, I am surrounded by boys. Even our dog is a boy. I was like, I, at least I could have gotten a girl dog. I mean, I don't know what I was thinking. So they're everywhere. And boys are crazy. Um, there's Nerf bullets all over my house. Um, I found one in the air vent the other day. I was like, how did that even get in there? And I'm not about to get on a ladder and get it out. Um, stepping on Legos. Um, they have one speed. It's just fast all the time. They're either sleeping or running. And, um, but we love, we love it. We love our fast-paced life. Um, they also collect strange things, Andrew specifically. We have a vast collection of shells, rocks, and sticks, and I tend to throw them away when he's not looking and he gets angry at me and then forgets about it. But the newest thing is teeth. Um, yes, I said teeth, and most of them are shark teeth. But now that he's losing his own teeth, he likes to keep them. And he asked me the other day if we could put a string on his teeth so he could wear it around his neck. <laughs> I, had to, I had to calmly tell him that was not appropriate. We cannot do that. So um, we're going to be handing out teeth necklaces as you walk out the door. <laughs> but um, life is just always interesting. God never um, disappoints with that. It's always fun, always interesting, and always a challenge. My family is very important to me, and they are everything to me. And I, um, everything that we've been through just reiterates that over and over again. And God just constantly teaches me not to take life for granted. Now I'm going to read a little bit of this so I can actually focus. Um, many times when people meet me, they assume that I grew up in a perfect little family, the Beaver Cleaver family. Now, if you don't know who I'm referring to, some of my young friends in the front, um, I'm probably a lot older than you. In fact, I did not grow up in the perfect family, but I grew up knowing the Lord. 
My mom got pregnant with me out of wedlock when she was 18. She was a young Christian girl, and she was scared. She was afraid to raise a child, and she was afraid of what her parents would think. She and my dad considered aborting me. But at prom that year, she and my dad decided to keep me. She was in love with my father, and she wanted to marry him and knew she would have more kids one day. She knew that she would always wonder what her first child was like and who they would be. So here I am. Thank you, Mom. (laughs) They got married, and my dad continued down the path of drugs and alcohol he had been on. My mom did the opposite, and she clung to her faith. She grew closer and closer to the Lord. My childhood is not filled with lots of memories of my dad around. Instead, I have memories of my dad being drunk, on drugs, or visiting him in the prison many times in my life. And watching my mom work very hard to keep us afloat. My dad was and always has been sick on drugs. He's a really funny guy, and he's really skilled at many crafts. But drugs rule his life. He's had multiple chances to turn his life around and has relied on himself to change and it's not working out so well. Plain and simple, he needs the Lord. I know that God has kept him alive for a reason. He should have been dead a long time ago. But for some reason, God's keeping him alive, and I am praying for him constantly and not giving up hope. That God can change him. God can change anybody. I have forgiven him a million times, 70 times seven, plus a little more, and I'll continue to forgive him and love him. Although I may not have the best memories of my father from childhood, I do have really awesome memories of my childhood. My mom made life fun. She made it joyful. We were really poor, so we never got to go on vacations. Didn't go to Disneyland every year or anything like that. So we, um, we would always do road trips. And since we couldn't afford hotels, we would just go for the day and explore Arizona. And if you haven't explored Arizona a lot, you need to go try it. There's so many places you can go. But we would go on day trips up, up north, and I don't know if our radio didn't work or she just said it didn't work, but we would sing worship songs. And even my brother, and he will deny it to this day that he's singing, but he did. And we would sing worship songs and, um, at the top of our lungs, and we would have the greatest time. Um, we got to go to gas stations and pick out a special treat. That was so exciting to us. Get to pick out chips and a drink. And my kids, I carry that tradition on with my kids. I think it's the coolest thing. I'm like, I don't care. Get whatever you want. But it's um, good, good memories of that. And you don't need to have stuff in your life to have those kind of memories. And I remember so much family bonding time. And that's probably why my sisters and my brother and I are a lot so close as we are now. We're kind of weird. A lot of people think we're very weird. <laughs> and at one time, we all lived within a couple blocks of each other. My brother's still next to me. And there's someone at our house at all times. So you have to stay clothed at all times, <laughs> just in case. <laughs> But looking back at my childhood, I can see how my mom's obedience to God's calling affected our family. My mom was faithful to bring us to church um, growing up and immersed us in the word and every church event possible. She filled our home with joy and with the hope of the Lord. We were poor, very poor. There were many days that my mom did not know where our next meal would come from or how she would pay the bills at the end of the month. But she did have faith in who did know. She taught us about, every, about the power of prayer and about what it meant to fully rely on Jesus for every need, literally every single need. We saw miracle upon miracle when he provided for our needs out of nowhere. Checks would show up in the mail, meals would show up at our door, and our church family came together to help support us. We went without a lot of things, and we never starved, and our needs were always met, always. And we even got some extra wants met also. 
one Christmas we woke up. I remember my sister and I, um, you know, because Christmases weren't a huge deal with us. We didn't get a lot of presents and we were okay with that. It was just the way things were. And we woke up and looked outside for some reason and there was a brand new trampoline in the backyard. And um, I mean, I don't even remember how old we were. We were so excited. And my mom's kinship group had came over the night before. They left their families. The men left their families. And they came and built a trampoline for us. And then they blessed us with a bunch of gifts, things that we would never have even thought of getting or hoped for. And that's why I'm so passionate at Christmas, just to give to other families, because I benefited from that so much as a child. And um, it just really showed God's provision. It was really fun, too. God was in the details, and he always cares about the details. In Deuteronomy 31.6, it says, Be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid or terrified because of them. For the Lord goes with you. He will never leave you or forsake you. In Jeremiah 29.11, one of my favorite verses, For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans to prosper you and not to harm you, and plans to give you hope in a future. As a child, I think I knew the Lord was there, and I had accepted him into my life when I was a young five-year-old. But it wasn't until my teen years that I really got a grasp on my faith. I was struggling. I was yearning for a father figure in my life, and I was so frustrated that I didn't have a dad. I came to a place where the Lord filled that void. I began growing closer and closer to him and looking to him to guide me and love me like only he can. I knew the God of the Bible, and I saw what he did for my family. But now he was real to me. He was my friend and my heavenly father. After years of watching my mom's obedience to the Lord and her constant faithfulness and his faithfulness to us, I got it, and it clicked. I was a sinner. I was saved by grace, and he loved me no matter what. No matter how many times I failed or turned my back on him, he was right there waiting for me, waiting to hold me in his arms, his precious daughter, and wanting to pour his love and grace upon me. I really feel like my childhood and watching my mom's obedience to the Lord prepared me for the many storms I would face as an adult. Fast forward to my mid-20s, Eric and I are married, he's making good money, and we're having a blast living life. Then I got pregnant, and if you know me, all I ever wanted to be was a mom. I was so excited. I mean, ecstatic would be an understatement. It was probably one of the best things ever. I tried to get Eric to have a baby a couple years earlier, and he bought me a puppy. <laughs> but that only lasted so long, and she ate a bunch of couches. <laughs> But little did I know that a big storm was coming, a trial that would shake me to my core, one that would bring my entire life crashing down, and one that would strengthen my walk with the Lord and my family in ways I never thought possible. Dylan came into the world four weeks early, weighing seven pounds, five ounces. I'm so glad he didn't come later. That was a big baby. And he was beautiful and healthy little boy. He was absolutely perfect, and I was a mommy heaven. After his first week at home, he was having a hard time breastfeeding and keeping any food down. And of course, I'm a new mom, so I was at the pediatrician every week, and they're looking at me like I'm crazy. So they keep giving me acid reflux, medicine, anything to help, and he was just constantly throwing up. Um, So again, keep going to the doctor. The medicine wasn't working. We changed formulas. I was pumping for him. Nothing was working. Then when he was eight weeks old, he got really pale, and he started to get bruising around his eyes. By the end of the week, it looked like he had two little black eyes. So we took him to the ER, and that's where our worst nightmares were confirmed. (sighs) Your son's white blood cell count is extremely elevated, they said. He either has cancer or some sort of tumor. After assessing him at the hospital and getting all the tests done, 
the doctors came into the room and told us that our two-month-old baby had leukemia. I can still see the doctor talking in the room, but I was like I was in another world, just not wanting to believe what was going on. Do I have tissues up here? Yes, there are. <laughs> You'd think they'd have these up here. Okay. And I didn't wear my waterproof mascara. Okay. I didn't want to believe what was happening. She told us that he had a 20% chance of surviving with the type of leukemia he had. 20%. It's one in five. Those aren't good odds. I sat there touching my sweet baby's face and looking at him hooked up all the medication and fluids. I could not believe what was happening. There was a lot of crying and a lot of praying. And I can't see my notes. All right. I had to make a choice. Would I abandon the faith that I had in God of the universe and crawl into a black hole of worry and despair? Or would I take a step of obedience, a giant step, to cling to my faith in the almighty and powerful God who created me and created this precious boy, my God who loved Dylan more than I could possibly imagine, my God who was bigger than any statistic or cancer, and he's always been my rock and my strength, my shelter in times of need, and he was not about to leave me now. I've never cried or prayed harder than I did during those first couple of days. Sometimes God asks us to trust him in circumstances that seem impossible, like the life or death of a child. I think of God asking Abraham to sacrifice his son, his only son, Isaac. And Abraham, Abraham was obedient to God, and God rewarded him with Isaac's life. But can you imagine how hard that must have been for him? We had to come to a place of taking a step of obedience and trusting God that he would be there, no matter what. That if God decided to take Dylan home, that he would take care of us. And if he healed Dylan, he would take care of us. I knew that he would never leave us, no matter what. Now we're going to take a short break and watch a video. <laughs> Just happen. 
Breaking hearts become brand new That's what faith can do It doesn't matter what you've heard Impossible's not a word It's just a reason For someone not to try Everybody's scared to death When they decide to take that step Out on the water But it'll be alright Life's so much more Than what your eyes have seen You'll find your way If you can Okay, it's like James Bondish. Okay. So that's our little life in a snippet of video. But um, if you guys saw the, the tray of meds, they sent me home with that. I mean, by the time we get discharged from the hospitals, he was done with his treatments, but we still had to go into clinic every day. So we rented a hotel, or not a hotel, a condo down in Tucson. That's where his treatments were. And like 9.30, 10 at night, the home health nurse finally gets there. I'm already dead. And she comes in and she tries to teach me how to use all these meds. And I have to pull them with syringes. And I'm not a nurse by any means. And um, mix the meds and then inject them into my son's live wires into his body. And I was like, you let anybody do this? This is crazy. <laughs> but um, he, he, I didn't kill him. He did good. So um, there were so many times that we just didn't... We didn't know what was going to happen. We didn't know if Dylan was going to make it another day. It was always a day-to-day -day process of, is he going to survive this? Is he going to survive that? And a constant just daily to our knees. And, you know, God says, don't worry about for tomorrow. For tomorrow has enough troubles of it if it's own. And that's so true. It really did. And, um, but he was faithful, just like he says in his word. Philippians 4, 7 says, And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. He gave us peace, peace that only he could give. And if you've, if you've experienced this kind of peace, then you know what I'm talking about. I can't explain it, but I can tell you without the Lord, I don't know how I would have gone through this trial. Dylan went through three rounds of chemo and then had a bone marrow transplant when he was six months old using donated umbilical cord blood. A month after Dylan's cord blood transplant, we had to get a bone marrow test to see if the donor cells took over his cells and were starting to heal him from the inside out. Dylan's little friend, you saw her in the video, she was sitting in the little crib with him, about the same age, same, similar diagnosis. Um, they were going through the same treatments. We were with them day in and day out. Um, she was getting the same test on that day too. 
I remember being a wreck. God and I had a lot of talks all day long. I could not let the enemy sneak in and steal the joy that the Lord had given me. We got called in to sit with the doctor, and I was a huge mess. But I held tight to God's promises. When we heard the words that Dylan's transplant was a success, it was a huge burden lifted off of my shoulders and a light and a very, very long, seemingly endless tunnel. That day, we celebrated God's faithfulness and his miracle of one more step to Dylan's healing. All, all of that excitement was halted when I got a call from my sweet friend and her daughter did not have the same result as Dylan. And even worse, her cancer was back. I remember falling to the floor and pleading with the Lord to heal her, asking why he was saving Dylan and not her, questioning him why it wasn't the other way around, knowing that I could have handled what my friend was going to go through because I knew the Lord, I knew him. And she did not. A few months later, I'm holding my sweet chubby and healing Dylan and attending the funeral of a sweet baby girl. Life is not fair. Sometimes it does not make sense. Why would God put anyone through that? All I know is that his ways are higher than mine. And I cannot even begin to understand the big picture. Sometimes we don't see the why behind trials and tribulations, but we're warned they will come. James 1, 2 through 4 says, Consider it all joy, my brethren, when you encounter various trials, knowing that the testing of your faith produces endurance, and let endurance have its perfect results so that you may be perfect and complete, lacking nothing. Today, Dylan is a thriving and happy boy. Because of his treatments, we've had a lot of setbacks and other health issues, and we will always have some extra special needs with him. Our faith has been continually tested with Dylan's medical issues, but now we look at things through a different perspective. If God is faithful in the big things, he will be faithful in the small things. I like to joke whenever something new comes up with Dylan, which it does quite often, I ask, can it kill him? And the doctors look at me, they're like, no. And I'm like, then we're fine. It's fine. I don't need to worry about it. And, they, they're just, and I'm like, I'm not a normal parent. It's fine. I've been through much worse. I don't care. He's here, and he's a constant joy in our lives. We may have seen a bunch of specialists and take caution with a lot of things, but he's here. He's a miracle. His life is a miracle. God has blessed us with nine more years with him than the doctors were giving us. Each day is a gift. Six years ago, we were also blessed with Andrew. And if you've met Andrew, you know he's a tough and giant boy, and he's been like that from birth. It came out of the womb running. He, he is his brother's protector. He's the little big brother. And he's also his professional button pusher. He has an immense amount of patience for Dylan, and he takes time to teach and love on him with only grace that God can give him. Andrew is a blessing. God knew that Dylan needed Andrew, and God knew we all needed Andrew. And he's really a big pain in the butt, too. <laughs> I love that kid. All right. He's like me, I've heard. So then I apologize to my mom quite often. <sighs> we strive to live life to its fullest. We strive to live life with joy, not happiness that is dependent on our situations. Joy comes from the Lord. It's a constant choice. We love family time. We cherish the moments. And even the times when the boys are driving me nuts, God always gently reminds me how truly blessed I am. Because of Dylan, my family is closer than ever before. We're stronger because of this. 
I've been able to witness to countless people about God's faithfulness and his miracles in my life. God used Dylan's story to bring so many to their knees, friends and family members that have never prayed a day in their lives. He has used this trial to bring others to him, to know him. And who am I to question that? Isn't that what it's all about? Life is short. It's temporary. If my life on earth is not glorifying him in all I do, then what is the point? My heart is that people don't see what I do and say and say, wow, she's so strong. But wow, God is strong. Look at what he did. I am nothing without him. We are all a work in progress. And most days, I'm a huge mess. If you're putting your hope in a person, they're always going to let you down. But God will not. I personally experience how God allows trials in our lives to teach us to rely on him. He will ask us to remain obedient to our faith and trust him with the details. Through these trials, Eric and I have learned a lot about forgiveness, forgiving one another, and forgiving others, keeping short records of wrong. Life is too short to be bitter, to hold on to anger or hurt. Obedience to God and his word are a lot less painful than the alternative. We have learned that everyone is fighting a battle and everyone needs love. Everyone needs the Lord. God can use your pain and suffering too to serve a greater purpose. Your story The ladies are going to come up now and sing one last song with us. We'll have some women up here to pray with you if you need it, or if you just want to fall before the Lord on the steps or right in your seat. Who is God to you? I want you to think about this for a minute. Is he some distant God who you run to when things get tough? Or is he your heavenly father, your protector, the almighty God who knows you more than anyone else, the God of the universe who cares for every detail of your life and knows the number of hairs on your head? If God is distant in your life, or if you don't know him at all, he's waiting for you. And if you're feeling a tugging at your heart, don't ignore him. He wants to pour out his love and grace on you. And he wants to give you the freedom that he died for. He went to the cross willingly for you. He died on the cross to save your sins, and he wants a personal relationship with you. In Romans 5.8, it says, God demonstrated his own love toward us. Then while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. Romans 6.23, for the wages of sin is death, but the free gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. He wants that relationship with you. If you're like me, many times in my life I've become complacent with my faith. There's no better time than today to come to his feet and restore that relationship. He will never leave you nor forsake you, and he's waiting to hold you in his arms. Cast your cares on him, and he will not let you be shaken. I know as women, we tend to hold a lot in and think we can handle it. Why? I don't know. I think we're just, we like to be, try to be superheroes, or at least we try. A couple of years ago, I was at a women's retreat, and they were doing a similar call to obedience like this. I sat there, and I told God, nope, I'm good. And I had a sin issue I was dealing with in my life. And I stood there as straight as I could, and I was, I was holding on with all of my might. It's like, I am not going to break. And he broke me down. He's, I told him, I've got it. And he said, no, you don't. Give it to me. And everything just released. I went up and prayed with one of our leaders and gave that sin completely and fully to God. He took that away from me. I didn't have to deal with it anymore. I didn't have to hide it. He knows it's there. Why are we trying to hide it? I don't know. But he, he is faithful to forgive you for everything. There's nothing you can hide. There's nothing you can do that he's not going to forgive you for. 
Friends, whatever trial you may be facing today, big or small, he's here to handle it for you. You can have joy in every situation as long as you know who is in control of those situations. Whatever sin you may be facing, he already knows about it. Just give it to him. Let him take that burden from you and let him heal your heart. He loves you and there's no judgment here.